Welcome to another episode of Into the Van. Once again, I'm Mike West, and I truly can't thank you enough for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. I've enjoyed sitting down with these awesome people and having a chat. And it's just really fun and interesting and engaging just from my end. So if you have anything to say, any thoughts, any opinions on what we've been talking about in these episodes, please drop them my way in the comments or on my page. My email address is on my Facebook page and things as well. So feel free to drop me an email and let me know what you think. And my email is mike333west at outlook.com. So feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you think. I'm hoping to hear from you. I always want to know how this is received because I've said this about comics and things. There's so much that you do behind the scenes. You don't know how it's going to be received until it's finally out there as a finished product. And as a musician, the feedback you can get is pretty much instantaneous. If you write a song and in non in a non-pandemic world, go out and play that song, you'll pretty much get a response straight away. While with podcasts and comics and other things that take a bit longer to produce and then you don't see the audience when they receive it. So you don't really know how it goes down, but please let me know what you think. I've been having a blast making these and I hope you've been enjoying listening to them and take something away from it. This is a really interesting talk with Tanya from The Hen House Presents. They're a promotion, I wouldn't say company, they're promoters in Manchester. They specialize in traditional roots, country music. And it's Tanya and Don who are amazing uh, people and they're really passionate and they truly give a shit, which is why when they started The Hen House Presents, I, was, I jumped on it straight away to not just get a gig, but I know how important these promoters are especially in areas like Manchester and the Northwest where you're not going to necessarily get those type of promoters. So if someone who genuinely cares about this type of music pops up and starts putting on shows, you should pay attention. So I sit down with Tanya. I wanted to get Tanya and Dawn, but obviously with the pandemic, we can only do uh, our interviews and podcasts through Zoom at the moment. So it was just me and Tanya, but I'm definitely going to get her and Dawn on down the line. And this, if you're looking at starting your own promoters, like your own promotion thing, if you're in a town or an area where the type of music you want to listen to and want to see isn't there, you can start it yourself. If you know the bands or if you know a contact for a band, you can start your own shows. And it's not as hard or as intimidating as people think. And we get into that with uh, Tanya today to just see how they got started with The Hen House Presents, why they started with The Hen House Presents, and just what bands and promoters can do to help lift the scene up and support each other. Because if you aren't supporting each other, then the scene will die. No matter how much you want it to succeed, if you aren't helping each other and making a sense of community, it's going to die on its ass pretty quickly. So this is me and Tanya from The Hen House Presents. But before that, let's get through the sponsors, which, as you all know, we are five episodes in. So today's episode is brought to you by me, Mike West. The Next Life is still available for pre-order. We're going to be announcing a release date pretty soon, I hope. This will be coming out in May. So keep your ears to the ground. If you want to get a copy, you can pre-order a copy. You'll get the title track, The Next Life, as an instant download. I'm going to drop a teaser for you now. My eyes been stretching for Aching for far too long 
enjoyed that, if you head over to mike333west.com, you can pre-order the next life. We've got white gatefold vinyl, CDs, digital copies, different bundles with t-shirts and tote bags in. So there's something for anyone on any budget, and I really hope you'll pick up a copy because this is something I truly love, and I truly believe in this record, and I hope you'll dig it. But without further ado, these type of people don't get the coverage I think they deserve in podcasts and promotions and when people talk about interviews it's the promoters and the people who book the gigs and work with the venues that are completely invaluable musicians can put shows on themselves but if you have a promoter whose only focus it is to put on a good show that's what they're gonna do that's what they're passionate about and that's what tanya and dawn do for henhouse presents so this is an all-encompassing chat about the promoting side of music and just working with bands how not to do it how to do it who you should network with how you can network and this is a really interesting talk for people who truly give a shit about music so without further ado this is into the van with mike west and tanya from the hen house presents Welcome to Into the Van with me, Mike West. But I'll hit record now, so it's going. But with so the Hen House presents. What was the origin story behind that, and how did you guys get started for Hen House? Uh, right. Okay. How did we get started? Um. Probably about 12 months ago, just just over 12 months ago. So if we rewind a little bit before that, we, we've always been to gigs. Mm. We go to gigs, so it's me and my friend, um, Dawn. Um, we, we, travel, we travel all over. Uh, we'd go to Leeds, we'd go, over to, we'd go to Liverpool, we'd go over to Sheffield. Um, and we were just kind of, I'm not going to say sick of traveling because we weren't, we, we quite, you know, we like, mm. we like having the road trips and we, we have a really good giggle. Um, but we just kind of thought, how, how hard can it be? Mm. So just to, um, just to put gigs on, I suppose. Um, and I'm quite an avid listener of Otis Gibbs podcast. Mm. I don't know if you know Otis Gibbs. So he does a podcast called Thanks for Giving It a Damn. And part of his opening gambit, if you like, because the, 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 the dude's getting on a little bit. And, mm. You know, he started his podcast a few years ago, but he was still, uh, you know, of, of more mature years. So not really down with the kids with <laughs> regards to the tech and stuff like that. Um, and one of his things is, um, you know, to paraphrase, I haven't a clue what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And we were kind of like, okay, so we can either hang around and wait until we know what we're doing, or we can just we can just do it. Yeah. Um, so we we just did, and kind of like in the interim period, um, we had so in in my my day job, if you like, our our day businesses, we 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 own and run a gym. Mm. Um, and within that gym, the gym's in a, it's in an old mill and we have a big, we've, we've got a lot of space and we've got um, a studio, which um, I'm in a band as well with Dawn and we use that to rehearse in. Um, and we've had what we've called little gym jams there where we've had like little fundraisers mm. and got friends involved. And 
we were kind of like, well, well we've, we've, we've already done it. Mm. So the next step is just getting people to come to play um, and to uh, and to come and see whoever's playing. I suppose that that's the next step. Um, and I'd been watching uh, on my radar, kind of like my social media radar, um, Square Roots Promotions yeah. down in Portsmouth. Mm. And um, I've kind of went online's great, you know. You Google a little bit, and I went and found out a little bit more um, about about Square Roots and how it started. And then you know Ken's name came up, and I read a couple of interviews with him um, and how he how it got started. And I um, I emailed him or I messaged him via messenger, mm. Ken Brown, and I, I was kind of like, um, I think I'm where you're at when you've first started um can you give me any advice yeah um and he sent me he said send me your email um he sent me his email i, I sent I sent him my email he said like i said he said i'm just busy at the moment i will get back to you on it um and he did and he wrote me this bible really of an email honestly it's it was just stupendous and he's like these are the things that i would advise you to do mm. and they were things that these are like this is a suggestion. This is a strong advice. And I would call this mandatory yeah. um, things like ticket splits, um, uh, you know, about flyering, about how to use social media, how mm. not to rely on social media, yeah. how going out and handing out flyers, going meeting people, um, how that um, really is unavoidable and, and yeah. kind of paramount. So we, we, we did, we did do a little bit of research research. Um, I've also organized relatively big sporting events. So kind of got the, those event mm. organizing skills and what to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, we just kind of got all those different little bits of colors of plasticine, if you like, and mashed them up into one ball and went, right. Okay. Let's, let's speak to some bands because we've been going to gigs. Um, I knew what, we kind of knew what we wanted to put on. Mm. And one of the pieces of advice that Ken gave us was only put on things that you love. Yeah, 100%. Whatever it is, whatever it is, just put put those things on because you can be passionate about those. Yeah. Um, and you can sell them. So that was the thing. That, and that isn't to say that if we kind of go, do you know what? You're not really right for us, that you're not good. You mm. just just not our thing or not my yeah. thing or not dawn's thing um so as we were kind of popping around to gigs with i then got someone to do a logo we set up the facebook page i think you were probably one of the first to uh, message over and and get in touch so i think we knew we needed a certain look mm. um and then another guy got in touch um, basically uh, and said, I've got this lady who's coming over from Canada. Uh, I need a venue. Have you got a venue? I'm like, yeah, of course we have. We, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't have a venue. Yeah. We had a back room in a gym. Um, <laughs> but within a week, we'd built a stage. We'd uh, done the marketing. And we, we just basically said, right, okay, this is a gym jam. He had something, Rob. Rob Allen, I think he's called. He's got something to do with like a house concert. Yeah, it's Moose. Um, the, Mo the Moose Mobile. Moose Mobile, a bit. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the chat man. So he kind of got a, a few people together. Um, we invited a couple of people down. We played. We'd seen Amelia play at 
Buckles and Boots. She was actually our takeaway from Buckles and Boots. Mm. So had, we were talking to her there. So we chatted to her. So we're doing this thing. Would you like to come over? And people just kind of jumped on board and, mm. and got on. So we put on this evening. Um, and it was a, a throw in the hat kind of thing. So I think everyone did like three songs. And then Orit um, Shimoni, she did a beautiful set right at the end. Friend of ours did sound. So it all, it all came together mm. in, a, look, let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just do it. Um, because we will learn along the way. We'll learn so much along the way. Was if we kind of sit back and think, oh, well, we get, we're going to have to... Um, work out how to do this and find out how to do that mm. and you're just never going to do it and you then i was thinking well, what what's the, what is the worst that can happen yeah exactly i think a lot of people think that they need to be perfect straight away and that's Absolutely. never going to happen and you need to no. just dive in and see what's going to yeah. happen first and i think especially with promoters the worst thing is people won't show up but people will still show up because if it's your first game yeah. you'll still get you've got that bit of leniency and leeway with your friends and family so that'll be the first show and then hopefully you can build on that but what i liked about hen house was one it was local which i think you set the page up and then because i'd been messaging you i invite a load of people to because obviously this yeah. is something i believe in and we need it up north and people thought i was involved with it and trying to get gigs through me yeah. So I was, I was like, no, yeah, that this isn't anything to do with me. I just want to support it. And then it was seeing how you can grow from that because what you touched on, I think promoters really need to push their own identity and yes. style on it. And that is why like Square Roots does so well because they have that trust yep. in them. And that is what you guys are building up. I think outside, you, it's genre specific and you trust the people running it. So whoever yeah. you book on, people have that trust that you're going to put a good night on. Yeah, and I think that is that is what we that is kind of what we're setting out to do, um, and that would that would that would have been our plan this year to build on what what we yeah. built last year. But you know what? We'll, well, you know, when all this is over or whatever, we'll see. You know, we'll see how the land lies, and we'll just pick it up from there because nobody's in front or behind. Yeah, so this is just completely leveled the playing field, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm not particularly worried um, about that. I do think that things will probably have to change, and I, we're not even going to. Um, say you know you know we're, we're super experienced and we're, we're we're you know we're musos and we can talk about this we just like music we just like yeah. live music yeah being um, a fan so, first is always more important to me than someone oh, yeah. like talks out their ass yeah we we can but we basically we put on the shows that we want to go to but yeah. we're not our own little private gigs and if you want to come along that's great mm. um you know we do and we always say to whoever we've put on um I can't guarantee you anything. Yeah. I can guarantee you nothing. I, I'm sorry, but I can't. I won't make those empty promises. The only thing that we will guarantee is that we will hustle our asses off. Yeah. So we will, we will undo, stand outside gigs in winter, flyer in, chatting to people, talking to people, going to people's gigs. And I think mm. that's really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's kind of how we... We knew who you were. I think we'd. Who were you playing with? I was with a, the Goat Roper Rodeo and uh, Brandon Ridley. That's right. That's right. So we'd gone to see the Goat Ropers. We'd seen those um, uh, a few times. That's where we saw you. It's where we met Brandon. And I'm pretty sure that might be where we actually said to the Goat Ropers, um, pretty much we're doing this. Will you come and play for mm. us? Um, and they said yes. Yeah. 
they're like, yeah, of course we will. A again, the guys, is, you know, they're great, they're super enthusiastic. And we said the same thing, we can't promise you anything. So they were the first ones to kind of get on board. Um, then we spoke to, I think, Jody and, no, I think it was Andy, actually, from mm. Fargo. They got in touch. Um, pretty much straight away they're, they're really good at the hustle yeah. as well as you are and they were you know uh, this is what we do we, we're trying to get into Manchester and what we found was there seemed to be loads of people to kind of go we're looking for somewhere in Manchester to play yeah. and we can't find anywhere so it would either be I don't know I don't know what the options are for you guys coming in but it, I think it was kind of either Manchester City Centre yeah. like your Castle Hotel your Night and Day Cafe and all those ones where it's great venues, but the layout, as in financial layout for an independent artist, is quite substantial. Yeah, for, for me, before you've even sold any yeah. tickets. For me, Manchester's always been a great live music city, and it's the same with Liverpool, but Liverpool to a lesser extent is there's very few small grassroots promoters that are genre specific. Mm -hmm. So, hey, Manchester is probably the most rootsy americana which one's that sorry hey manchester he does shows up in him the deaf institute normally is his main go to i did right, a show okay for right. a left lane cruiser but his kind of flows between the americana side of things and then into the rockier and indie side of stuff but uh -huh. again he's not specifically grassroots um or like roots and traditional music and again people pour into the city centers without taking account of the fringe which I think is why, because mm. I'm on the Wirral. The Wirral gets left behind a bit, so I'm trying to put gigs here. So I think the demand's there, and if people are willing to travel 40 minutes to Manchester, they'll be willing to travel 30 or 50 minutes either side to go to a, another show. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that that's kind of what we realised, was people will travel because we, we were those people, or we yeah. are those people um, in the, uh, the Goat Ropers. I think when the Whiskey Shivers came over, I think we saw them three three times in like eight days mm. wherever they we, we just we love them they're great yeah. they come over you know we, we we've got to know them um and it's like okay so they're 40 minutes away they're an hour away they're what's yeah good let's let's just go and see them um yeah. so and but when we were going and also when we were going to the gigs uh, seeing different people kind of genre specific um we were also seeing similar faces or yeah. familiar faces within the crowd so you're mm -hmm. kind of like right okay so these people are traveling as well i know people here over in manchester who you know are really uh, into the same kind of music um that we are um and they they were also traveling so we were kind of thinking well just have something on the doorstep so we looked around for a couple of little just little cafe kind mm -hmm. of venues um we came across the Malaga Drift. Um, they had a great little space downstairs. That's where uh, you played um, with Sam, mm. um, which, I, in my opinion, was one of the best nights that we had. Yeah. I Sam. just thought it was... The, pair, the pairing of you, I thought, was <laughs> perfect. Because um, I, knew, I knew we had you in the wings. And that's what we want to do as well. We want to make sure that the pairings are good yeah. so if there's a support act that it is and I, I don't i like to, it's an opening act it's not a support act it's an opening act um that it's a good it's a good match mm. so for me both of you 
I don't always want two guys on a guitar that are doing the same thing yeah. because it's like no, no, that, no, no. Say no one really wants to hear that, and say people probably do, but that's not what we want. No, to you do. want to put on a varied you, knife. Oh, uh, without without a shadow of a doubt, and you were. It, it was literally right. The the outlaw and the old timer. <laughs> there couldn't have been a bigger contrast, but better. Um, compliment to each other mm. and i just thought it was uh, it, it, i thought that was a really good night i thought it was a really special night. i thought both of you um were super professional it wasn't a big selling night by any stretch of the imagination mm. <laughs> um but that's kind of not how we have measured our success no. if you like has mm. not been on ticket sales now while we appreciate that that's that you know, we we want sellouts because everyone gets a really nice fair whack of mm. um of the pie. We've always managed to pay people, um, and even if it is just covering their expenses, we if ticket sales haven't been great for whatever reason, that that you get you guys are independent artists, and we're asking people to take a pun on you and buying a ticket. Mm. And eventually, we know that that's going to pay off. Yeah, I think it's from my point of view for the things like this is always, you know, if I see a promoter or I'm working with a venue that I know isn't really in it, or you see that like they're putting tons of different things on, they're not committing to one genre or they're not com- committing to one style. You're kind of like, okay, they're just trying to get people in and they yeah. aren't like fans of it. They just want to fill the book. And you go, okay, mm-hmm. I'll do that gig. I'll see what it's like. Maybe the crowd's good. A few people will come in. And they, they're kind of the ones where like you're more adamant on a fee or making sure that it's worth your while. But gigs, like what you guys put on, it's always worth, because I know the potential for Henhouse and what you guys are doing is limitless. So I know I agree. that like for me to be on like the ground floor of it and just support it in any way, I can get people to like your page, share your posts. I took some flyers from you for the Childers gig and pass yeah, them did. around. Yeah, yeah. Um, those type of gigs and those type of relationships are more important to me than, you know, getting my expenses covered or getting uh, mm. any amount of money because that night, one, Sam Mundy's a fucking phenomenal artist. It's just yeah, like I, I, we were all, I mean, I knew I, I knew he was good, um, and then he, he did what he did. And yeah, you just that. We, when you say someone had them in the palm of your hands, he literally had us all yeah. spellbound. Yeah. How he's not a bigger name right now, but I know it's the same thing with you guys. He's going to, once he gets the recognition he half deserves, because he deserves yeah. so much more, because I genuinely am a fan of him from, from that night. I, I was listening to him yesterday because he put yep. out that um, Good Night Irene cover. Oh, listen to his beautiful, He's fucking brilliant. And that night, so I got to discover Sam. I got to hang out with you and Dawn. We were just like on the playlist that was playing over at the venue. Yes, we were just yeah, talking, yeah. talking shop, talking songs. To me, that is a more important night than anything getting paid or doing like something that would mean I'd get compensated at some point. Because for me, that mm-hmm. was like, it enriched my soul more than it, like, you know, a couple of quid would have. That to me was a more important night. Than a few of the gigs I've played. Yeah, we, we thought we thought, and I think for us as well. Um, and I think maybe, and again, this is another um, just a little heads up from um, from Ken. And that was that you will get people asking to play, and if they're local, you kind of like, well, have you been to any of our yeah. events? So from that point of view, uh, I think that artists need to 
they need to hustle and they need to it's the price of a ticket and it was a, it, this piece of advice came from from two different angles one was from an artist um and the other was was from a promoter and it is literally it is the price of a ticket mm. the price of a ticket can open so much um for everybody mm. you know it's well are you are you as an artist supporting your local music yeah. scene or are you just going to your gigs and expecting everyone to come to yours? Is there kind of like yeah, a, little a give bit, and take? A, 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 there ha- absolutely has to be a give and take. And, and that now is kind of one of my, my go-tos. You know, you can't expect somebody who lives, I don't know, in Bristol to have, have been to one of the gigs. But you, you kind of, if they are local, it's like, one of the, well, have you been to any of our events? Yeah. No. Well, hopefully I'll see you at one then yeah. someday. Um, and and we do we do we do put on little um, we do we do the in the coop stuff, um, which is kind of like a, a, I suppose it's kind of like a showcase night, showcase night where we ask people to come down, um, ask them to perform. Mm. Um, don't promise in the world we feed them we water them really really well we have a you know we stock up a fridge we, we put a pan of, of something on and just say you know will you come down we'll collect in the hat during the um, during the gig um, and and everyone gets a cut of it everyone gets a split of it yeah uh, and people are like yeah great and they've come down and gone these this, this night is amazing it, it's just in a back hall of a an old mill mm-hmm. we set up a pa we make it and we just make sure i put on a night i want to go to yeah that that's that to me is the key i want to put on nights that i want to go to where i go damn that's really good yeah so whether it be in somebody else's um venue we also use one called the veterans garage i don't mm. think you've been there yet, i've not been you? there no but i've uh, seen you it's, it's a great it's a great great place so the veterans garage is at barton airfield again it's out of the way are people gonna go are they not gonna go um but we know that 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 people do go to that um location if you like um to, for other stuff like they do bike means yeah. they do all kinds of different stuff so um we uh, and we got to know uh, in fact my husband went to the went to school with um one of the guys who set it up so the veterans garage is a charity um they are raising funds to rebuild um a a building to turn it into a garage turn it into a bike mechanic garage so they can retrain veterans to mm. um to, to have these kind of skills open a garage garage up and it will be a working garage in the meantime they provide um uh, counseling for ptsd they do all different kinds of meetings there they do fundraising they're, they're involved in in all different um, oh, kinds of things so it's a it is it's stunning and everything that they've done it's voluntary run um and they've basically out of this old prefab containery kind of building they've just made this beautiful cafe bar it's stunning it's mm. absolutely and it's made out of like pallet wood and stuff like that but they've done it all themselves um and actually just before um literally just before lockdown the week before lockdown they we've so we've put on a, a few gigs there um, we use their we use their 
venue, if you like, mm. um, their space to put on the gigs. We provide everything and we say to them, look, you guys make your money over the back because that's your wet sales, if you like. That's mm. where that's where they're and we'll handle everything else. They're like, yeah, that's cool. That's a great split. Um, and they're like, we love what you do. We love how you're using our space. We're going to build you a stage. Oh, amazing. So they, they literally just before the lockdown they built oh. us a stage so it's these kind of little again that's it's keeping it in the community it's keeping it local and it's people it's people yeah. buying into other people's ideas and 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 building on them um and and it is just so when we're there we we make sure that we're at the door to meet people and we go around and we chat to people yeah. and and try to build that crowd and we had in was it november or october so we had our first sellout gig with the track dogs. Amazing. Which was, well, it was, that, that was still, yeah. the guys came over from Madrid, they were doing a little bit of a tour. So we went, I think we had our first gig in August and then we had our first sellout in, um, in October, I think it was. So that was, that's quite a short period of time, but we have put a lot of legwork in and we, you know, you saw us, you've seen us at gigs, people are seeing us outside other gigs but what we do do is if we are and i do i go and shamelessly fly you any gig but i will buy a ticket to that gig yeah buy a definitely to that gig i go to the gig have a great time have a chat with it then just before the end i go and i stand outside and i fly out and pay i'm not going to say i'm paying my dues it's the price of a ticket yeah and you especially know? and like at this level when it's like the price of a ticket we're not talking about ramstein being a hundred pound ticket no if yeah, you, you'll yeah. get change of a ten pound note through these gigs. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And generally, the places where you go in the beer is pretty cheap as well. Yeah. And I just think having—I'm a true believer in that people buy people. Yeah, hundred percent. People buy into that, and if they see that you are, for one of the were passionate about something, um. I think they give you leeway to make mistakes and it doesn't mm. have to be perfect. And sometimes, you know, that is possibly part of the charm as yeah. well in that when they go in and they're going, Oh, I, we, it's this, this isn't what we, uh, we thought it was going to be. I think I, we like the idea of it being almost like a house concert. Yeah. That's the best thing to do. I think one of the things I can kind of complain about now is because I go to so many gigs, the big ones that are from the Academy up, they, they're almost sterile. You know what the yeah. set list is going to be. You even know, like I'm a huge Metallica fan and I know what songs they're going to play by when they change guitar. So I know by the, yeah, set, like, yeah, yeah. what guitar they're going to play is like, oh, it's going to be one of these songs. And it's this thing where you know what they're going to say, you know what they're going to do. And you, you're going to get your money's worth to a point, but you're not going to get that spontaneity of a live show that a live show is meant yeah. to have. And it's these grassroots smaller shows where the PA might not work or the sound yeah, yeah. desk has only been figured out 10 minutes before doors. Yes. And it's, yes. The artists are still running in. And it's those are the gigs that people will talk about more. Because you can say, I saw Metallica, they played into Sandman, it was the best thing ever. Or you can say, well, I saw this brand new band who hustled, struggled their way through, came all the way from Sheffield or wherever, like played their hearts out, the PA blow up halfway through it, and then we got to hang out with them and have a drink at the end. And those yeah. gigs yeah, yeah. are going to stick out in people's minds more in this day and age. And as the sterilization of these gigs continue, th these grassroots ones are what kind of, like, people are going to need. 
Yeah, I hope so. I, you know, I hope so. And I also think that they have a different feel. I think if you look at, um, is it the So Far Sounds movement? Mm. Um, again, you know, people want to go and listen because that was another thing that I was really sick of doing. I was sick of paying for a ticket and listening to somebody talking about Susan in the office and watch and it would it infuriates yeah, me. Yeah, that's it the hell I die on at gigs now. Like I've told so many people to shut the fuck up on and off stage. Oh, I, I mean I get it I get it if you are walking if I'm walking into a pub um and there's a band playing I think there's a certain element. I've not gotten there to listen to the band. I've gone yeah. there to go to And that band is part of that night. Yeah, they're, they're on the agreement. Are, I think if you, yeah, I think if you are in, in, that, in that situation as a band, as an artist, you can't expect, every, they're not, you're no, incidental. They're not there for you, yeah. You're incidental. Your job is to keep those people there to put money over that bar. Mm-hmm. That's your job, Okay. If, however, I've gone somewhere and I'm stood next to someone who's paid for a ticket, just like I paid for a ticket, and they then talk, <laughs> and it just makes me so, so, so mad. It's like, I'm here to listen to. And that doesn't mean that you have to sit and be quiet. You know, bands are rockers and, you know, you want to get up and you want to dance and you mm. want to do all that. That's fine. That's absolutely great. That, that, that's exactly how it should be. But in those little quieter moments, I don't want to fucking hear you talking. No. I really don't. So that's why the strap line at the ha- at the hen house is we reserve the right to shush. Yeah. Because if I can hear you talking, yeah. So can honest. the rest of the room. Yeah, and that's really important. That's why, like this year, I've stopped. I won't do any uh, pub gigs, which mm-hmm. sound, like it can be sounding a bit arsy, but it's just I know that that's not the audience. They don't care. They're not gonna take anything away from it. They are to, there to get drunk, and it's just the job to entertain. And basically, I'm doing the same thing a Spotify playlist could do. But the Spotify yeah, playlist yeah. doesn't. And I think if you if you go in there as an artist, I think that's then that is your choice. Like you said, yeah. you have chosen not to do that. I think if you if people do, and that that's great. Um, again, talking to the track dogs, um, and they were saying, you know, in Spain, they don't. It's really loud. You know, people will literally talk over them. Mm. But they also appreciate that that is a that the the band that are, that are on are mm. an integral part of their evening but they don't need their full focus. So yeah. it, was a re- it was really interesting mm. to come from them yeah. because uh, it, was, it was cultural. How It didn't really bother them that much. Mm. People were talking through it. It yeah. was, I thought it was really interesting. It was, it was just a completely you know, different perspective. Um, and I think that we do possibly run the risk um, at the hen house of making it a little too sterile. And again, we don't, that's, that's not what we want. If you want to get up and have a bob, get up and have a dance. But everyone's being very, very British at the moment. Yeah, but I think that's where like the band will need to come in and like set the kind of parameters and bring people into chat and like engage with it because that's the important Absolutely. thing. Because like I don't do those pub gigs anymore because if you want it to be background music, just get a background music playlist on. That's not what I'm there for. And then it's just knowing what gigs which and being able to adjust to that because I've played gigs mm. and people have been talking and it's like, yeah, they're talking about the set. They're talking about this. I'll talk to them on stage with it and engage with them. And then there's gigs. Like I did a show with uh, Jesse Dayton a few years back. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And there was only maybe 20 people in the crowd. And this couple who were sat behind my girlfriend would not shut the fuck up for the entire gig. 
But they talked all the way through me. I was the opening act. So they talked through me and I was like, I'm the support act. I can't really make much of a big deal about it. They're probably here to see Jesse, understandably so. They've obviously paid the ticket. I won't say anything. So I did my set. They talked the entire way through it, like audibly being able to hear them. And then I got off stage and they carried on talking. Jesse Dayton came on and because it was a small venue, they were meant to be electric, but they switched to acoustic. So it was even like more quiet. It was still an amazing rip roaring set, but it wasn't electrified. So they didn't drown anyone else. So you could still hear them talk. And then the girl went to the bathroom and I just turned around. We were all sat down. I was like, excuse me, are you planning on talking through this entire thing? And he went, well, we're on a date. So yeah. I was like, well, can you fucking, yeah. Can you fucking not? Why are you trying to get to know each other in the middle of a fucking gig? And then I obviously said that. I was like, well, can you just try and be quiet because you're the only people in this venue talking? And then I turned back around. The girl came back from the toilet and I could feel them burn into the back of my head. Then two songs (laughs) and they got up and left. And it was like, knowing the time and place for it is so important as like an audience member. And, you know, people, especially British people, when it's one of those quiet rooms, they're going to be even quieter and you can hear a pin drop. But if that's what it calls for, that's kind of what it calls for. And then it's like, if Fargo Railroad come in, that's not going to be a pin drop in no, quiet no. audience. But but it's, no, it's not. But, but then they can also have those pin drop moments. Yeah. I mean, they do a couple of absolute stunners. Yeah. I mean, those guys you know we've become really good friends was they actually played at my birthday and they were just it was great because i managed to you know get them over as um as a full band which we really want to think that's the thing that we're missing a couple of things at the hen house so first of all i would love my own venue i just Mm. love it it would just that would be amazing so that would be so if anyone's out there listening (laughs) and they've got they've got something you know I'm, i'm i'm I'm, I'm up for a sugar daddy. That's fine. He'd have to be about 90 to be fair. So, yeah, I'm good. That's that one. Yeah, Don will set one for the team. But yeah, it would be great if we could have our own venue. Um, and then, but also we kind of need somewhere where we can have a bigger band mm. set up, you know, kind of like your Fargo's. Yeah. And at the moment, we just, we just can't cater for that, I don't no. think. So kind of looking forward, looking forward, it would just be nice to be open. Yeah, um, it'd be nice. Somewhere, but yeah, that would be nice. Uh, but, you know, I always, always kind of, I always think ahead a little bit. I always have a, um, I always have a little, a little idea. So I think someone described us once as, you know, those people where you, you meet and you, you meet them and they say, oh, you know, we'll have to do such and such a thing. Um, and that thing never happens. <laughs> we're kind of completely the opposite. Yeah. We say we're going to do and we do do it. Yeah. Um. And I've always kind of, kind of been like that. Um. Mm. So if we do something, we immerse ourselves uh, totally in it, and then just look in, see, literally see what happens. You yeah. know, just let the ball start rolling. And it is, it's constant. You know, you have to be on social media, um, and just making good contacts with people. And we have, we've made, we've made some great contacts. And I think the fact that we, I think when we went to go and see. Um, Jody and Andy, they support. That was over in Liverpool as well, same venue. Yeah, and they were they were the support act, and they were really sweet. And they were like, you know, we'll get you. You know, you can go on the guest list. I was like, dude, we'll buy tickets. Mm. It's fine, we'll buy tickets because I always think as well. One of the rules that we had um, when we set up the hen house is everybody pays. Yeah, everybody pays. 
Paul, if, if Paul, if my husband's not doing the door, um, <laughs> then he buys it. He, he pays for his ticket. Dawn's husband pays for his yeah. ticket. So everybody who walks over that fresher, because otherwise it's where do you draw the line? The venues yeah. that we're playing are quite small. Um, so if, you know, I've got an extended French of five people that get in for nothing, someone else, and then the band to kind of bring five people. Well, guys, you're playing, playing for nothing. Yeah. Um, all my friends do. Um, you know, usually one of the guys comes down and I make, you know, he comes in, buys a ticket and I go, oh, I'll get you a pizza. You're going to do the sound for me. He's like, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. But, and, and everyone, I think, you know, just being that kind of, people are kind of getting it that we're trying to do something um, and that we don't maybe have the skills. We're not as slick um, as other people are, but we're, I think we're personable. I think yeah. I, I really passion do think that. and like personality should like to me always trumps like a slick professional feel because you don't want to go in and feel like you're just another ticket sale and another number. You want to yeah. feel like your ticket price makes a difference and it definitely does with your type of shows. Like yeah. when you put it into a hen house gig, it goes to the hen house and the artists. I'm making this show possible. Yeah. Well, like you kind of feel like sometimes you give someone some money for a ticket and you're like, well, where's that actually gone? And then you find out Where's the band's yeah, not where, been paid it? as well. And you're like, well, where has that actually fucking gone? Yeah. I think there is, there's a little, um, I think it's going to be a tough one, really, when all this is over. And I think both artists, venues, and promoters are going to have to just rejiggle their, their thoughts and their priorities a little bit because it's been it's been it's been pretty shitty for everybody mm. you know your venues venues will close pubs will close clubs will close that that will all go or when they do go back they're going to be going back on a back foot in yeah. that they they will want to get people in but a lot of them are going to be heavily in debt yeah um just through the fact of wanting to stay open so are they going to be able to pay? Just say, you know, you come. Because that's the ideal thing, isn't it? For an artist kind of go, do you know what? We're going to put a put on a night and I'm going to give you X hundreds of pounds. You come play. There's your money. Off you go. Yeah. It's perfect. From an artist's point of view, you're like, boom, thank you very much. I'll, <laughs> I'll have a bit of that. Um, but there's then really no incentive, if you like, for the artist to bring, no. to promote. No, there isn't. isn't. There's none whatsoever. So it's having a look at both sides of of that coin, um, and I don't I don't know what the answer is, but I think there's going to have to be a little bit of give and take from artists and also from venues because if if artists want these venues and events to continue, yeah. They're gonna have to give a little, I think, and and that is that's really tough. That's I I understand that that is a massive ask, um, because as you know, you're like, oh god, we got to play for nothing again, and you know, it's going backwards. This is unprecedented. Yeah, exactly. If people the, are the amount of, the amount of free it. material, uh, free material that is now going out online mm. is stupendous, yeah. and that is what. Because yes, it does. It, you know, it keeps you. But people will be building a um, um, a fan base. Mm. Hopefully, that fan base then wants to see them live. From a venue's point of view, um, 
it's the wet sales. So mm. bring people in, people buy beer, they make the money over the bar. That is, that, that's the kind of the crux of it. Yeah. Then the artist job, like we say, is to keep the pe- is to keep the people there. And so I don't know, don't know what the answer is. I don't know if, I mean, I personally think a lot, hmm, this might be a little bit controversial. I think artists will be stupid if they don't go in and say to local venues that they know, kind of like you look further down the line and go, do you know what, mate? I'm going to come in and play for you. Yeah. That, like... I'm going to come in. I'm, I'm, going, I'm, just, I'm going to come in. I'm going to play for you. Give me a couple of beers um, and pay it forward. Yeah. And, and just do that because what that will do, that will get people in, it will get people out and it will get the economy moving again. I'll turn around to them and say, we're going to do that do a pass the hat in america the guys play for tips yeah and they play for tips really well this is a thing that we're we're not the european and american dynamic for that because i know if someone in the uk says a hat deal i'm kind of like cool i'm gonna make three pound but for a i think that depends how you do it well for the different venues and things but for a hat yeah yeah from my experience it's been that but then when i've gone to europe and done a hat deal and like a donation deal i've never made less than 100 euros and i think it's the culture. yeah 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 it's an interesting thing is, is it is a cultural thing but then is it then not up to us us that was really arrogant people <laughs> um kind of at grassroots to kind of go do you know what guys you can go out because every time we've done it yeah we've, we've we've probably won some of the best selling nights that mm. we've done yeah, it also, I think it definitely depends on who's making the ask as well. Because I know myself, oh, yeah. I'm a bit more like reserved about you it. Can't I don't just, wanna... you, you can't just you can't yeah you can't just leave a hat at, on no. the on the stage. No, you Somewhat, have to. You need someone front to go round and and I think once people get that, then then they get it. it's kind of like you come in, it's your own night. We do so when we do the in the coop stuff. We haven't got a bar. We've not got a license. To be fair, we it's like we put on food. We 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 have a few soft drinks. Um, and we say to people, yeah, just come, just bring mm. your own beer. If you want to bring your own snacks, you can do that. So they've in, in, in effect, they've had a really cheap night. Mm. So their tendency to turn around and go, well, do you know what? It would, it, if I'd have gone out, it would have cost me X amount. There's 20 quid. Yeah. Is it the, and, it, and, it, and people are literally that generous, yeah. you know, they'll go around and we put on, um, really good acts. We put yeah. on really good artists. It, but that also means that it gives us a platform, almost to test drive people and go, mm. "Are you a fit for us or aren't you?" Mm. I know you're local and you've come. You're local and you've kind of gone, "Yeah, damn, I'm buying into you guys." You, they've kind of shown us that tiny little bit of that little bit of give. Yeah. A, a little bit. Of, yeah. I'm. I'm I'm willing to take a pun on you. That doesn't mean to say that they're necessarily get, we're going to watch them and go, ah, yeah, no, I don't think that's right. Or they're going to go and go, oh my God, you're stupendous. Mm. Um, but further down the line for us, if we do get, it's not if we do, when we do get bigger names that we know are going to be ticket draws, I'm going to kind of go, do you know what? You were really good. You're a great person. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to put you in front of a different audience. Yeah. And my tendency then to go to them for a support act is far greater than someone who's just sent me an email. Yeah, definitely. 
I think it's, that's, it's a hard that's one. That's just the way, the way it's going to work. That's, that's you yeah. know, everyone has to do that. And I, compl- I so understand from an artist's point of view that, you know, it, it almost feels like you're doing a lot for nothing. But sometimes that's the hustle that you've got. It's just, there's part of pain. Do you know, I've talked to this with other bands and stuff. It's knowing your worth is a really important thing. So it's, you, if you know that one gig is, this amount or it's free and it's like well is that worth it to you because i know i've driven to aberdeen on the promise of like a a pint but it was i got to work (laughs) with this promoter i got to play with this act and then that Uh down the line because i i did this gig in aberdeen for in the blue lamp uh, promotion which is a really great guy to martin and then i did that gig and i made a few contacts up there and then jason Eady came over to the uk and he was playing in london i messaged their promoter and they'd heard of me because I'd done that Aberdeen show just because mm-hmm. I, I was a fan of Cecil, Alan Moore, who was playing. And I was like, I'm a fan of Jason Eady. I w- I'd like to do that gig if uh, you need an act. And they went, yeah, but we've only got, I think it was like 80 pounds. And I was like, it's more than I fucking, like from what, <laughs> from what I drove up to Aberdeen for. So I'll definitely yeah, yeah, head yeah. down to um, London to play that. And then it's just knowing that those gigs for me have always been worth it. And yeah, you'll take a bit of a hit or something. But for me, it's like, I got to see Jason Eady one as a fan. I got to make this network of promoters and friends down south and just strengthen these bonds. And then I'm meant to be playing there again this year. And it's knowing your worth. So if you know that gig's not going to be that good, probably just don't play it then. That's what I'm yeah, at the point yeah, now absolutely. where I'd rather not do a gig and pass on that and then do a good opportunity. And especially going forward this year, I know I'm probably not going to charge anything or take any make money from a gig for the rest of the year and i'm i'm mm. i've made peace with that i'm happy with that because i know that the venues that are still left standing at the end of this are gonna need our support more than anything yeah yeah i th- i absolutely think so but i also think that we there will be a return of a really loyal enthusiastic um appreciative audience yeah yeah, definitely. Um, I, 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 I truly, truly believe that. And, and as soon as this crazy is over, um, you know, we'll, I'll be like, yeah, we're putting something on. I don't know what it will be, but literally from one night to the next, mm. we'll put something on. Yeah. Um, and just say to people, do you know what? Just come down. We're going to put something on for you. We know you're gagging for live music. Just come down. And we probably will do a chuck in the hat. But I I would literally be in people's faces and say, you know, but if you also have a look at how how generous people are being um, with online tip jars, I know, I know, I know artists um, who are working that really well uh, and they're not expecting a lot. You know, you just say to people, just, you know, if you can do great, even just the price of a coffee. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I did a digital tour last week, so I'm pretty done with all my live streams for the foreseeable because i did like six yeah. pretty much in a row and that was hey it was fun but i'm not doing it for a while but that was at every donation was going to that venue i was meant to be playing and it's just i was just saying like look awesome. if, you, if you kick in the pint of a pint or the price of a pint what you'd pay for a beer there on you know yeah. most of the gigs were going to be donation gigs anyway so if you kicked in what you would have kicked in for that you know i'm still doing a half hour set it's going to the venue that you'd like to go to anyway I'll be back mm-hmm. at some point. It's just kind of, I, I'm hoping optimistically because I know a lot, 
not a lot of audiences, but some audiences are quite reserved and they save all their money for the Live Nation and Ticketmaster shows that hoover up the majority of gig going. They do, but then that that's not your, that's, I'm going to say that's not, for me, uh, for, for us as a, a promoter, that's not where I'm looking to pitch. Mm. But I'm looking, I'm optimistically, I'm hoping that with that kind of, not dying a death, but it's been on taken onto the back foot. That they will shift. It's going to shift and people are going to be more grateful and receptive and aware of the smaller venues because the smaller yes. venues, smaller artists have had the bigger online presence at the moment. They, they've got the bigger online presence, but also if you think about it now, everybody is watching music in a tiny venue because yeah. basically, and it's really personal because yeah. it's, it's, it, this is it. This is the dynamic yeah. um, for, for everybody that, that's watching. And I think that if artists can, um, artists, promoters uh, 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 um, and venues, if they can kind of capitalize on that, and it, it really is capitalizing, you know, I know, I know a couple of people who have gone into lockdown and just basically kind of gone, this is, this is now how I'm going to make my living. Yeah. Because I now realize that I can um, quite successfully. Now, whether that be, you know, teaching or, um, you know, just reaching different audiences and doing different things, they kind of realize, oh, actually, I, I can do this from here. Mm. Um, and doing collaborations. I think there's going to be some really good collaborations come out of this. Um, I think people will get over live streams mm. at some point. Um, at the moment, I, I can't keep up no. with who's playing what, where, um, and when. I really like that idea of you um, doing the tip jar to the venue. That was that's awesome. That's really generous. Well, and, and, and that's that's kind of that little outside where everyone can't think of themselves. If everyone thinks of themselves. It's just going to crash. We're going to have nothing when we come yeah. back. Well, it's nothing the same thing as what we've been talking about. It's I, I always try and think long game for everything. Yeah. So I know it would be nice for me to make, you know, 10, 20 quid in a tip jar now. But I know that I want to be out there touring again in the future. And if the venues mm-hmm. that I love playing at aren't there, then I'm not going to be... There's getting, nowhere, is there? Yeah. So I know that I'm not going to be getting down the line to be able to sell merch and play to a crowd that gives a shit. So for no, me, and I think that's another, that's another thing is, is your merch, you know, make mm. sure, sorry, but that's, that's as an independent artist, that's where you're making your money. Yep. That's where your money has to go. That's where your investment has to go. Mm. Um, you know, get merch, get it out there, make it really fucking easy for people to buy. Yeah. You know, there are, there are, you know, I'm not really down with the kids, the techno department. Um, but, make sure it's there that it's on your Facebook page that you have a buy it now button and yep. it goes to somewhere and PayPal goes, there you go. Here's a button. Pay for yep. it. Thank you very much. I'll have your money. There's your address. Off you go to the yep. post office. Don't make it difficult for people no. to find. I, I have a rule for social media and I try and tell it's like my worst friends and stuff. If someone goes to your Facebook page and can't either get to your music or store in three clicks, you've wasted your time. So yep, I always agree. go onto my Facebook homepage and I click it so it's view, view as a user or view as a visitor. Mm-hmm. And then I go through and make sure that everything is at least three clicks away because I know in this day and age, people don't have the time to be clicking through things and waiting for load screens for 20 yep. minutes. It needs to be yep. so instantaneous and accessible. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. A friend of mine, um, John, has put, uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll find out his website and I'll, I'll get it over to you. I think it's called... Um, 
musicians online or something mm. like that. And he's literally put together little tutorials to the, this is your Facebook page. This is yep. what needs to be on it. This is your website. This is what needs to be on it. You know, understand how, um, how Google searches for things yeah. and then what's the first, you know, the first line that comes up and what do you want people to do when they get there? Do you want them to listen to you? Do you want them just to like your page? It doesn't matter what it is that you want them to do that. You just need to, to know what it is. Yeah. Know what it is and make it really fucking easy. Yeah. Like really easy. Um, don't let people have to, like you say, look around for stuff, make tickets. But for us, the hen house, when you go on the website, I want to sell tickets. That is what the website's for. That is exactly what we want to do. Go on there. And it is literally, here you go, buy your ticket. Oh, read a little bit about us, buy your tickets here. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, here's the tickets. You know, yeah. that's, because that's, you know, that's what we want um, people to do. Facebook is about a little bit, yes, it is about ticket sales, but it's a little bit more about engagement, building a wider audience, building a, trust, uh, a trusting audience, and, and catering to that audience yeah. rather than trying to um, cater outside it. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Instagram, probably, probably, you know, the same a little bit. I think Instagram makes more art promoter to artist connections. Yeah. And I think, and I think it's easier to engage across um, different areas via Instagram. Yeah. I think definitely. Instagram's really good for casting your net and. Um, doing stuff and one thing that we uh, do try to do is every day on instagram i go on and i try to make 10 comments a minimum of 10 comments yeah well that's the um i think it's called the dollar easy principle yeah um, i'm i try and do it but i also i'm trying to find that balance of not feeling like a fraud when i comment on things i just have that kind of thing in the back of my head where because you meant to your top 10 hashtags or top nine hashtags you look on that and then see what the top posts are. And then you comment on those and it's putting your two cents in. You do that mm. 10 times, that's one pound or 18 cents or whatever it is. And then you do it another 10 times for the other like hashtags. And then it's the dollar 80 principle. And I've been trying to do that. I need to expand my Instagram a bit more, but it's a tricky one. But then people don't even post on it and people don't try and do things. And that's something I've been trying to talk to like Josh. And I was talking to Jody mm. from Fargo about it. Is yeah. like we already know as a musician, record sales are in the toilet. This is shown oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So that's not where you're going to be getting like your income or exposure no. from. No. Live shows are now dead for the foreseeable future. So that's yep. where your exposure income's gone. So what are you going to do now to adjust and adapt to this? Which is why I've started this podcast. Was I was doing it Brilliant. beforehand anyway because yeah, I yeah. wanted to know another... we were going to we were going to chat beforehand yeah. as well. It's like, yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, because I wanted something that was still creating content that was still like Mike West and still with this. And I put like a track of mine before on the intro. Mm -hmm. And it's an engaging thing. And it's also because, again, as I'm a fan of podcasts and I'm a fan of people like yourself, it's given me a chance to talk to them. And it's just another thing that I can do that I could potentially monetize in the future. And Absolutely. And, and, and monetize it in a way that it is not just that financial game, but that it's that interaction. Yeah. It's, it's that, that engagement. Um, yeah. Without a shadow of doubt. And I think that is and it's like, super uh, valuable. You know, I, I think listen, uh, listen to two, two of your cast and they're brilliant. Uh, straight away. I'm like, yeah, boom. I mean, I think a, because I know you and I was like, yes, this is Mike. And then I was like, right. Okay. So if I didn't know Mike, 
would I be engaged? And straight away, I was like, yes, without a doubt. So <laughs> they, they, they were good. And I also like the, the idea or the fact that you, you are talking to people that interest you mm. rather than it just being about me. I, I kind of listened to two parts and I thought, oh, and I'm actually going to be um, stealing some ideas because I think it's brilliant. Mm. Um, a podcast is something that we've wanted to do at the Hen House for a while. Mm. Um, I've looked at all of like, the live streaming, blah, blah, blah. You know, no one wants to sit and watch me and Dawn singing. Trust me, no one does. Um, it's like, so what else can we do? Yeah. What else can we, we do? A, for the Hen House, but B, also to, to support the artists that, um, that we love, that we like, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing something very similar because yeah. so, that's i was talking to josh has just started his vlogs and i've kind of taken this from like i'm a huge stand-up comedy fan and the yeah. la comic scene you know they tour and they've got their shows and they do their spots at saying clubs and things but they also pretty much every single one of them has a podcast and they all yeah. network and they all get on each other's things and it's all they just like lift each other up and musicians yeah. kind of view if they aren't doing music then it's they're selling themselves in a way that they don't want to. And it's like, but if you're still, for me, I was explaining this to Josh, if you're getting on stage and telling a story, why don't you just tell that story outside of that as well? You've still got those yeah. experiences and those interests. And if people are buying into you there, they'll buy into you here. And that's yes. where I think, because I, I, I'd, if Jody and Andy st from Fargo started a podcast, I'd listen to that straight away. Oh, it'd be stupendous and absolutely I adore them. And that's, I think, a lot of musicians, for me, I think if you you need to start something that's either a podcast or getting your personality out there, that's not just outside of the music, but then promoting it. Because my view was, if I've got I the main... If you've got the personality of a brick, though. <laughs> I, I think if, you, if you're a musician, you can't have the personality of a brick, hopefully. Agreed. <laughs> So, and then again, it might be that'll interesting. That would be a real bummer, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be interesting if some dude was like, I did a gig once. It was all right. This happened. But I still... Somebody, somebody, somebody would listen, though, wouldn't yeah, they? someone would still listen. <laughs> and it's, if you look at music as the main pillar supporting yourself, what can you add around that? Can then just take the ease off that if a pandemic hits and you can't do that anymore? So... This was meant to be in the van and I was meant to be traveling around and doing this face to face. So I've had to adapt to this because I still want to bring out content every mm -hmm. two weeks. And it's still, and it's good as well because I can't tour because I'm focusing on pushing the next life. I don't have any new music to release yet. So this is still an engaging thing that I can give to people who are interested in me and keep pushing it as well as promote people mm -hmm. like yourself. Obviously, Sean James doesn't need any promotion because he's got like a hundred thousand followers on Facebook <laughs> and stuff, and he's been fucking hey. killing it. But, but uh, like, and crap, sons and it's people I'm a fan of that we can all just like work together and support each other. Yeah, absolutely. And like I would say, it is that it's that kind of it's that wider network, and I, I people do it is literally reaching out. It's getting by with a little help from your friends. Yeah. Um, uh, as as cliched as that sounds. I think you will find that the people who are out there and who will network and build that and, and they do people, the world has changed. Social media has changed the world, whether you like it or not, it has changed it. And it's changed the way we communicate. It's changed the way we interact. It's changed what we want to know about people. But I think what it's also done in, is instead of waiting for somebody to tell us about somebody or something, we can hear it directly from source. Yeah. 
and that's super super powerful so instead of you know there being a rumor about i don't know somebody famous that they're there you can talk to them um and that builds a loyalty there's a we we are we're tribal Mm. as as humans we are tribal and we like to belong right at this moment in time everybody is sat in their own homes yes they have their small you know some people are sat at home on their own so they literally have nothing um so they will look for their tribe outside of that and they will build that connection outside of that and they will they will be loyal to it Mm. um and and i think and it is really important i think right this moment in time it is very very important that we do have this social media um a to use for businesses if you like but also kind of to keep humanity going for want of getting really deep um you know but but that is the connection again that people make with music yeah. that are moved on. I think I think there's like I say there's a lot of collaborations. There's a lot of talking going backwards and forwards where people are going. All oh, right, well here's a live stream. Oh well, the sound was a little bit shit. And then somebody will you know message them over and say, how about if you do it this way? Have you mm-hmm. thought of of doing it that that way? You know, people who are live streaming and kind of refining how they're doing that. And not keeping that to themselves, but telling other artists how yeah. to do it. Yeah, I think. Because um, as an artist, you want to sound good. Yeah. And like, that's part of the reason I did this podcast and I've set up on Facebook. I've got a private group that only has musicians in and like no promoters, no fans, Mm-mm. only musicians. And that is purely, it shares resources, it shares experiences. And if someone's like, how do you get set up on PRS? It's like, well, you do this. It's like if you put your gigs yeah, in, yeah. and it's a lot of things where it's like people play pretty close to their chests sometimes in this game, and I always think yeah. that it shouldn't be. So I'll message no. someone and be like, "Do you want me to just re?" Like I've rewritten a few Facebook pages for people just because I mm-hmm. know that their potential is better than what they've written, which isn't a dig at them, but people can't sometimes promote outside of themselves. So I'll yes. go through it and I'll just take half their things and I'll be like, "Well, I've written this for you. If you'd like to put that." Up, and it's you should always try and share information on better people because if you because I'm a fan of who I'm talking to, why wouldn't I want to see them do as well as they can? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and then get a gig. So look, look, or look into people who are doing. You're kind of going, oh, what are they doing? Yeah. You know what, and and seeing what they're doing and and taking that on board because that builds that knowledge builds everybody up together. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, it expand, expands everybody's audience. Yeah. yeah, and if like if I help them and they get a gig, that doesn't mean that that was meant to be my gig. And if they get no. a fan that was meant to be my fan, it's they've no. like, oh my god, they've just got that really good gig. I'm so happy for them. And then you just get to talk to them about it. As long as you approach things as a fan first, I think you're gonna do all right. And I think a lot of people kind of lose sight of that for their own personal gain. Yeah, I think so, and I think they they probably think that they have to do things um, in certain ways. And I, I you know, I, I can by no means talk of any experience here, more than sort of like life experience. You know, I'm not a touring artist, and I'm, you know, I, I'm not I'm trying to hustle my music in front of people. I'm not having to, you know, do all of that. I, you know, I, I absolutely, I absolutely get that that isn't that that that's not sort of like the the shoes that I'm wearing. Mm. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can understand and um, appreciate what what people are trying yeah. to do, and and it, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, as 
my day job, I'm a coach. It's what I do. I teach people to do things. And I kind of teach people that it, to start off with, you know what? It's all right to be shit. Yep. It's all right to not get things right. And, and that's absolutely fine. You just keep, you know, you keep going and find the bits that you're going wrong. Find out the bits that you need to be better at. Look and see what other people are doing, but don't, you know, don't get analysis paralysis. Just yeah. keep chugging away and, and you are going, it's in the, in the gym, yeah, it's putting the reps in. Yeah, it is. It right. You put, you have to put the reps in and a lot of the, so for, I think for an artist, for a musician, putting your reps in, you're going away, you're practicing, you're refining your skills, you're refining your stage skills. Um, so that when you turn up somewhere, you turn up on time, you're professional, you're nice. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean to say that you're a pushover, but you are polite to everybody um, that's, you know, that's involved from, you know, whoever it is behind the bat. It, it, it's nice to be nice. It yeah. really is that simple. You know, just don't be a dickhead, really. Yeah. Um, but to just keep doing that, because every time you do something, you're adding to your page. Mm, 100%. You know, you're adding a page. Yeah, you're adding a page to your book um, until you build it up. So, I think there's a. I don't, you know, like you. I don't know. Your Britain's got talent, and you're all this. So, you know, where people are super rushed to kind of like stardom, and it's kind of it's overnight, and that doesn't happen ninety nine point nine percent of the time. And ninety nine point nine percent of the time. People aren't going to make it. it. Doesn't matter how fucking talented no. they are. It's just not going to happen. And, and that that shit. That's really sad. Um, but they're not going to have that big exposure. And but what they can have is a really loyal fan base. Yeah, that's the thing. I, will, I always I always view that, and that I will think, appreciate them. And a lot of people kind of give up one or two years in. And, you know, I was talking to Sean James about this. It's like, you have to commit at least eight to 10 years to yeah. even start getting a moderate following. And I'd, I've always been at the viewpoint where I'd rather have a consistently small venue or small following that gives a shit than have like yeah. an X factor moment and then be gone in a week. Because the small following that you build and you tour, it's so much fun going around Europe and like the UK in a van. And just playing with these weird like oh, gigs and meeting a few people yeah. is such it's so much fun and it's such a good time and it's such a unique experience and it gives you a better understanding of the world and people i always mm-hmm. enjoy like i'll book a gig just because i've never been to a town just because i enjoy trying to find a new yeah yeah i can yeah i can see why, why you do i mean i'd love to i'd love to um I almost do like a work experience. I'm not, I'm not sure you can do that at 50. Um, but do, uh, do, do a, kind of like a tour manager. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. That would just be, that would, yeah, someone go out. The only thing I can't do, I can't drive. Someone would have to drive, but <laughs> everything else, like yeah. organizing, because that's I, it's what I love doing. That's yeah. what I love doing, kind of like on the fly, making sure that everything's everything's right. And and another thing we, we think that kind of what we have at the hen house is, um, it's just attention to detail. Yeah. And I've taken that from, from other events um, that I run. I run, uh, I've run British Championships for powerlifting. Um, we run a massive event um, at a tattoo convention. Um, it, it, it's huge. But we started really small. And we're kind of like, okay, let's test drive this. 
and see what happens. And we made our little mistakes along the way and we mm. built it to, to this year, the event, um, we have like a, a hundred and maybe 140, 130 entrants. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah, and we we actually crashed the server in three minutes. We went live with the sales people have to pay to enter. Uh, we went live with you know, like the the entry, and it crashed the server in three minutes because so many people were trying to enter. The the server just went, yeah, can't deal with that. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> um, um, and we sold out. I think it was in. I think we sold out in five hours. That's so um, good. So, but it's taken us seven years. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's taken so us it's seven years. Yeah. You know, and it's the first one people go, so, you know, there's been a couple of times where we've had gigs and, you know, there they haven't been, I think it might have been, what one was it after? It was after one of the gigs. And, and we don't, we, we hadn't sought, and we're learning, I think we're kind of having to learn that we need, people need to have a name for us to be able to buy, t- yeah. at the moment, be able to sell tickets. Yeah. That is, that's kind of imperative right now. Once we've built that trusting audience that Ken has down in mm. Portsmouth, where they go, I don't know who that is, but Square Roots have put them on. Boom, yeah. we're in there. There's so much more that we can we can kind of do that way that we kind of have to build on that. But there's been times where, and it has been a venue, and they've turned around and gone, oh, you know, almost like that wasn't a, you know that wasn't great. And we've gone, it was a brilliant night. That was mm. an amazing night. Um, or we've gone in and kind of gone, okay, have you got that and that date free? And they're like, well, you just don't give up, do you? And I'm like, but why would I give up yeah. now? Yeah, exactly. I've just started. You can't expect to be a success right off the bat. You no. have to, for every single audience member, we're going to work for them. Mm. We're going to work to get them. And then we're going to work to retain them. Yeah. Um, and that literally, if we have to do it person, one person at a time, and it's that's kind of how I view our Instagram. I view our Instagram and I check it and I see how many page visits we have and how many engagements we've had yep. and where people have followed us and we have built it up. And I remember this time, was it this time last year? It must have been this time last year, I think. Um, me and Paul went to Buckles and Boots and I remember us having something like 56 followers on Instagram. <laughs> but, you know, that was it. We were there, we were flying in and we were chatting to people. Um, and now we're up to, I don't know, it's probably just over 600, maybe about 620, 650. Mm. But we've worked consistently to do that, yeah. to make sure and to have a look at the page and look how the page up. For me, the Instagrams, it's very visual. Yeah. Um, and I want, it, I want it to look good. I'm, mm. quite, I'm going with quite vain um, about that. But it is about just building up each individual one we also have um loyalty card scheme yeah that's a really good idea i love that for what you guys so just literally it like your costa coffee you know stamp it when you get um i think i think it's 10 stamps and you get uh 50 off your next tickets your next ticket buy um we do that we do thank you cards we do handwritten thank you cards when people come in we know who people are you know it is we have to be personal we now you're not just selling a gig. It doesn't matter what you're doing. So I've got friends who are tattoo artists. I've got yeah. friends who have cafes or, or run things. You are not selling a coffee. You're selling an experience yeah, from the definitely. moment that person yeah. walks through the door to when they leave and they go, fucking hell, that was a great night. That was a great day. That was a great tattoo experience. You know, from walking through the door, 
Um, and that is what I think where people have to, I'm not, it's not, it's not thinking outside the box. It's not even outside the box. You have to sell that experience yeah, because definitely. that's what people are now paying for. They're paying for a whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, right you know there are variables that you may not be able to control but those ones that you can if you make them special then they're kind of going to go oh actually yeah. Yeah. and there'll be people who go and they'll go well we thought the lighting was shit well sauce yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a one because because music has such a personal connection a lot of people think that the music does the talking for a lot of it and that's mm. not the way you it's always you need to I've always, if I let my guard down a bit, talk a bit more personally on stage and let people in a bit more, I, those are the gigs that always get the better returns. Yeah. Always the ones where I get better interactions. I get to chat to people at the end. And it's always you just pushing yourself as a whole. It's never just the music because the music may be good or the event may be good or like what you're trying to push may be of the best quality. But if you aren't pushing, a personality and a reason to buy into that alongside it, then you want, you're always going to fall short. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the gigs that you go sometimes and, you know, sometimes I, I mean, I've been to gigs where I've gone and thought, wow, you know, it's not even just gigs, just nights where I've got, you're really talented. There's this and that. And then I just think, but you're boring me. I'm sorry, but yeah. you're boring me. I've not, I've not bought into you. You're super talented, and I, I know that I should kind of be fawning over you. Yeah. I'm like, nah, bored. I'm out. I'm sorry. And that, you know, and that is going to be very, very individual, and mm. um, from person to person. Yeah. Because at the end, you are that when you're there. I'm sorry, but I pay some. I want you to entertain me. Entertain mm-hmm. me. Yeah. That's you know I you know you you're asked but that is part part and part of your remit that that is it if you're there and you look bored or you almost like people don't look like they don't want to be there mm. I mean that, there's been very very few gigs that I've walked out of and I, I've only ever I think I've only ever walked out of two um, one was uh, the Be Good Tanya's that was uh, God that must have been fifteen fifteen mm. years ago now had been listening to them constantly it had literally been like a background um theme tune that was had been going on absolutely dying to see them went to see them and they were there and i they just didn't look like they wanted to be no. there at all and mm. i was look i looked at paul and i was kind of like i've got, I've got to go <laughs> i couldn't bear to leave. no that, that was it i just walked out uh, but they and everyone was like, oh, I can't believe you did. That. I just found them really. I just found them. I didn't feel like they were interacting with each other or so skill wise musically. Yes, sorry, my dog's trying to get in the room now. <laughs> um, skill wise, you know, everything was there. But I was like, but oh, um, that's it. I'm done. Yeah, if there's um, no, I'm out. Yeah, if there's no connection to, I think I think I've only ever walked out of two gigs. I walked out of Stained years ago because I just like it was a boring show. And then mm-hmm. one was like really unprofessional. So I just walked out of it because I was like, if you guys don't give a fuck, why should I? Like um, yeah. the fiddle player was late and showed up three songs into the set. And then the bassist halfway, th- I stayed for like half of the set and halfway through the bassist went for a piss. <gasps> so he got off stage, unplugged and went to the toilet and then came back. And like... <laughs> <laughs> and this this no, was this is meant to be an established act as well. This is a quite a I'll tell you off camera who it was. 
Yeah, because right. um, I was I was stunned because I'd been playing for a few years and even I knew not to um like walk off stage to go to the toilet to be like hang fire guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor. No, there is. I think the I think the only other, the other one that I went was I think to be fair I think it was just because my back was really sore and I was I couldn't I think it was a deaf institute it was really really. Mm. I think it was, it might have been cold to all and that had nothing to do with him um it just had to do with the fact that we were right at the back i had a really sore back and we, i was just like yeah i'm sorry but i can't stand yeah. here anymore we're, we're no. gonna have to go i think i might have been hungry as well to be fair. <laughs> just a perfect <laughs> yeah. storm of not wanting to yeah, be there right, yeah just uh, um just kind of pop off from pop off from there but deaf institute is good there's been some yeah i love that venue some really good gigs yeah so so did we see like i think we saw willie watson there last year mm. devil makes three um i think they were, were they the only two that we went i think Colter war was the year before i think mm. they were, might have been the only two um that we went to um mm. there that was yeah good nice little venue i do yeah. like it I do like yeah. it a lot no it's great but i've let you talk for quite a while now and thank you so much for it Listen, do you no, want to wrap, thank you. wrap this up and I'll uh, let you get on with the rest of your day? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. thanks. And we will we will reciprocate this and I'll be asking you a fuck yeah. ton of questions. So. Amazing. Well, this uh, was a... No, fun. thanks. Keep on, keep on doing what you're doing. And I'll, yeah. like I say, I will be stealing some of your shit. Yeah. <laughs> so no, th- this go. was a boss chat and it's good to know like when people are passionate about things that it comes through. And I know you guys are going to weather this storm and come out for the better of and i can't wait to see what gigs you put yeah on. i hope so i miss i, I miss dawn like crazy mm. um my partner in crime um she's my dawn's does oh, i literally she always laughs at me because i just guys she says you all you have to do is say shall we i go dawn <laughs> shall we and she's like yes i really wanted to do i really wanted to do this as a podcast with the both of you so i'm definitely gonna yes. have to have you on down the line to a Get his yeah. on so, so everyone can see the double act. Yeah, we are literally like Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. I just love it. And, and you know, every, she's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do it. All I do is write tickets. Like, no, everybody, I, I, I just, you know, the, the whole dynamic wouldn't mm. be wouldn't be the same without yeah. her. She's amazing. Mm. And I miss her like, man. Oh. So, Dawn, uh, you're a belm. Um, <laughs> and next time we'll have you on and we'll let you talk some yeah. rubbish. Yeah, definitely. Well, she's take also care. a stupendous musician, by she the way. She is. Yeah, she is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm looking forward to having you guys on down the line. But thank you so much. Awesome. Now carry on doing what you're doing. It's ace. Oh, thank you so much. Take care. All right. Speak to you soon. So there we have it, folks. That is episode five of Into the Van. I'm super happy with how these talks and this podcast has developed even in its infancy. This, I think, is a podcast that if I was just a fan of or if I wanted to get some more information about the music industry or a creative pursuit, I'd really hope that this is a podcast people would use and lean towards. Speaking to music promoters, is especially with Tanya and people like John Craig from the previous episode, is they're completely invaluable because musicians have a musician's perspective. And even though they have played in the past and they've been in bands, they have this desire and this urge to be promoters in their own right and pay attention to the details and market themselves and the bands properly. It's not half-assed in any way, shape or form. And I think if you're going to take anything away from these talks and these creative pursuits is to never half-arse what you love like as ron swanson always says never half-arse two things whole-arse one things but he says it in american so it's ass 
but you know what I mean. Do what you love and love what you do and make sure you actually give a shit about it because if you aren't having fun, you aren't making memories that you're happy with and you're content with and you can look back and go, I did well, then you need to look for something else. I want you to have this drive and this passion that I have for my music that Tanya has for hers and for her promotion, for John has for his comics, for Sean has for his music. For all these amazing people that I'm talking to, they have this fire and this passion that will echo through your headphones and hopefully inspire you to do something because I want people, the more things people can create and be creative and care about, I think the world will be a better place for it. So we're still in the midst of a pandemic. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe. I hope all your loved ones are. I'm thinking of you guys. Thank you so much for listening and take care. Peace.